Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Mirror Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And today we're talking about four, let me just make sure I get this right, four costly miscategorizations, right? I thought it was five. Five. Um, Maybe even six. Might first, even that, bonus. Was, that was the first costly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> costly miscategorization. Right. So five, this is when ultimately what? You're like reconciling a transaction and you put it in the wrong category. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing your own accounting and you put it somewhere it shouldn't be or, you know, you just, you don't, you don't classify things properly in the accounting software. Right. And what happens is you turn that over to your CPA if they're doing the end of year tax return. They and chastise you. Yeah. They, if they're good, they'll <laughs> at least chat. If they, if they don't care, That's right. they'll just take it as it is and right. it could end up costing you more in your tax return. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I kind of a couple things on that. Like you and I were talking before we got on here and, and one of the things which is why having just a tax only engagement is not the best for you a lot of times is because, and I've seen this a million times with other CPAs, if they're only paid to do the compliance aspect of your engagement, like end of year, you send them your QuickBooks. We don't say it often around here. It's kind of like a bad word. Sure. But you send them your QuickBooks file, you have not paid them or they don't assume you're paying them to go line by line through your transactions and make sure. Now, they'll do high level. They'll move a few things around. But some of the stuff we're kind of talking about here, especially if you're going the cheap route, they're literally filling out the forms. I hate to say that. That's what they feel the engagement is. And so if you mess these things up, nobody's catching you, which is why I always recommend if you have any sort of business that's worth something, have somebody look over your shoulder or have somebody do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's dive in. Let's get into it. All right. This one's interesting because from an accountant's perspective, I always think like, how would you, why would you do this? But like, I get it. I get like people think in terms of income or inflow and outflow, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why most people run their business based on their cash, ba- their ba- what's in my checking account. Right. It's up, it's good, it's down, it's bad. Okay. So I think this sure. is where this comes from. Loan payments or loan proceeds, they count as income. So I've seen this before where somebody borrows money, they pull money on their line of credit. That's a perfect example. They got they got in a pinch, I pull 50 grand on my line of credit. And they show that as income. So let's stop there. When you borrow money, it's not income. Similarly, when you pay it back, it's not an expense. Only the interest portion, right? So think of it this way. If I borrow 50,000 and pay 52,000, what did it cost me? It cost me the $2,000 of interest. That's the only thing that would be deductible. So I've seen this a bunch. But a line of credit, is a line of credit different? No, it's a line of credit is borrowing. Whether it's a loan, a line of credit, it should be. I must have made this mistake. It should be on your balance sheet. Okay. It's so that might be what it is. Because I'm like, this mistake feels familiar. (laughs) This one cuts close. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That might be what it is. I might have had it on my Right. If I would have marked it as an as income, it would have been on my PL, but not in my balance sheet. That's right. And I will tell you why I started off with the inflow and outflow concept. Because you're getting impersonal. It's getting personal now. Yeah, well I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> but but people think it was inflow, i.e. income, and when mm-hmm. I paid it back, outflow, i.e. expense. Okay. My, so basically so my net inflow or outflow is what I made this year. Right? Right. But you know if if I hope you know, if you borrowed fifty thousand and didn't do anything else that year, you haven't made or lost anything. 
Right. You didn't make fifty thousand, and you didn't lose fifty thousand. You yeah. don't have anything. Mm-hmm. You you have cash of fifty thousand, and you owe the bank fifty. Yeah. That's the balancing transaction, and so I see that a lot. Um, ca- I'll say caveat. I want something I would say to that is that's the reason why we do the accounting the way we do. You ever work with an accountant and they're like, hey, I need to know what your loans are, what the balances are in the year. That's why. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you reconcile somebody's accounting and make sure the balance sheet ties down, we've talked about a lot if the balance sheet's correct and the PL has to be correct in a net perspective. You might have something in office expense, but it should be janitorial. Right. But it's the, still an expense. Numbers are, yeah. But if the balance sheet is right, your PL is right. So if you're not an accountant and you're doing your books, this is why you put things there because you don't know to go to your balance sheet and be like, wait. We owe fifty thousand dollars. Why doesn't our balance sheet show that? You don't know. They look for that. Yeah, that's a that's the first one I see a lot. All right, all right. Keep going. Yeah. Number two. Lo- uh, I'm, I'm looking at my name, loan proceeds. No, fixed asset sales. Okay. All right. So let's talk about fixed assets. Fixed assets being things you have bought, typically that are have more value. Think equipment, computers, vehicles. These are also things that you probably would have depreciated. That's right. Okay. So you would have capitalized them and depreciated them. Whether you capitalize depre- them, what does that mean? That means put them on your balance sheet as an asset, not okay. expense them right. as a, as like a like you would do with paper clips. Sure. Okay. And so if you sell, let's let's make some some sense of it. Let's just say you properly put a vehicle on your balance sheet for 30,000. You didn't expense it, and then you sold it for thirty. No, you wouldn't sell it for more. You sold it for twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just put all twenty-two thousand as income on your P and L, but don't recognize that you hadn't then written off the corresponding asset, you've way overstated your income. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time, where people and and it's and I and I will say this: anybody that's kind of a DIY bookkeeper, that's a hard one. Because you wouldn't know, you may not have your depreciation schedule. You don't know yeah. how to pull an asset off and move it to to. To uh, to offset that gain, like, but that's a big one. Like, if you don't yeah. have, so, and usually it's like a years later it is. too. So like, yeah, yeah, I you may see or may not just like, remaining oh, basis. yeah, we got that fifteen grand for the truck. Let's just, yeah, it's income, it special income, whatever in your P and L. Dude, you're like you're on fire today. Yeah, I've made so many mistakes that <laughs> this you're is. Like, you're like Thomas Edison. He said I didn't I didn't mess up a thousand times. I figured out a thousand ways it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that is. Fixed asset sales. Okay, and so those, like you said, those are it's just larger nuanced. items. Yeah, it's just know. nuanced. It's like, hey, man, you, we didn't take accelerated depreciation on that vehicle for yeah. whatever reason. You and still so, have some basis so left. So this is kind of in the weeds here, but yep. like specifically, and I would imagine it would work on most, but for zero, if you were to do that, you could literally just put that as a negative to that same account. Or, or how, how, how do you think, do that? You know, that's a good, that's a really good question. I, that's the better, that's a better way to do it uh, than okay. putting it straight on your P&L. Well, I would probably do it this way. Again, and this all presupposes you have somebody working with you, looking at it, checking you at the end of the year. I would probably put it, you said a special income account, what I would call other income or stuff below the line. Meaning you have income and operating expenses that gives you a net like a net operating income. And then you have other stuff below the line is what they kind of call mm-hmm. it. Depreciation, interest income, kind of things that are off, not in normal operations. I'd have it right there smack dab in an account called sales proceeds from fixed assets. Mm-hmm. That way any account, they're going to go right to that and be like, hey, would you sell? And if you, they can click in the detail in the memo line, you'll say 15000 for old truck or something. Yeah, but you would be, there's a way in zero to get that, right? To show to update your balance sheet. Yeah, well, 
I wouldn't put it on the balance sheet initially. I would put it there. But yes, eventually we would, whoever's doing your books would then go pull that fixed asset off the balance sheet and put it as a reduction of that sales proceeds or the reduction of that gain. Okay. That's what would happen. All right. Does that make sense? I think so. I think I'm following. I'm looking at your face. I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do with a, with zero in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But ultimately, the point is there's a way. Yeah, I think, I think the takeaway would be if it's something like that, put it in an account called sales proceeds of fixed assets or something like that below the line, other income type thing that where it sticks out and somebody finds it and they make the necessary adjustments. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next one. Personal contributions to the business we're, we're on the income side so this we've done we'll do three kind of inflows and two outflows personal contributions to the business coded as income again just like when you put when you take money out of your business like a distribution there's caveats to it but generally it's not taxable when you put money into your business it certainly shouldn't be income I'll give you mm-hmm. I'll give you a, a perfect example of this somebody had a PPP loan, a client of ours, they didn't tell us about it. And they were taking that PPP loan, and this is like loan proceeds, but it's same thing for Mm -hmm. capital contributions. And they were putting it into their, they were transferring the money, they'd gotten a PPP loan, this happens a lot, or happens, PPP is kind of a one-time deal. They had had it at another bank, so it was a bank account we weren't monitoring, and they didn't tell us about. They were transferring from the other bank to their operating account and saying it's income. It was like 50 grand. We kind of, I forget how we figured out that that's what that was. And we said, wait, is this what this is? And then we were able to say, no, that's that's just a reduction of the other account and an increase to this one. It's a mm. non-taxable thing. Yeah. But I see people do that all the time. Like you'll, they'll transfer money from their personal because generally they'll have their business and personal account to the same bank. And so it's like, oh man, we're kind of getting low in the account. I'll transfer yeah. 10 grand over. Or from business to business. I've done that. Yeah. You know? A- income. Boom. It's like, whoa, it's not income, man. Yeah. Like, and that's an easy one. And, and the way I kind of spot that normally is those around numbers. You don't, yeah. oh, you don't yeah. normally transfer gotcha. to your, from your personal account, yeah, you know, yeah. 73, 40, right. you'll transfer 7,500 bucks, 10 grand, two grand, whatever. Right, right. So that's a big one too. The thought process should be anything around contributing money and, distri- and distributing money generally isn't income or nor is it an expense. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of just like income and did you did you do something for this? Did That's you earn a good point. it? You it was, did you Isn't it called earned income? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. You would say, did you render a service? Did you sell a product? Yeah. Did you get a commission? Like, think of yeah. all the things that are income. Right. You putting money into your business is not income. Yeah. That's capital. That's yeah. equity. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. What? What? Is there like a? Does that money not get taxed the same way? Like what's it's not taxed. It's not it's income. Not, so it's just... It would go on your balance sheet as a contribution. It would be an equity. Uh, so okay. you're already kind of... Sin- I've said this a few times now. Yeah. This concept of things that are on your balance sheet aren't taxable or deductible, at least not currently. Right? If, and and, and if, if, Okay, but wait. Oh, this light bulb is, here. This might have been what I was getting confused. Okay. You pay taxes... Do you pay taxes on... A loans and lines of credit. No. No. What no. the heck? <laughs> and thank God you don't. Yeah. What am I getting confused? There was something. Uh, I'm telling you, man. You made, well, me, you made me pay taxes on something. <laughs> I didn't make you pay taxes no, on you anything. you did. It was you. 
Listen, I'm trying to get the following up. We want a thousand. We need a thousand listeners, yeah, not yeah. you know fifty. Yeah, all, right. all right, fair enough. It was it was my mistake. Yeah, it was your mistake. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, so um, so we talked about loan proceeds, personal contributions to the business. And you can think about it. Those are more like funding your business. If you think about funding my business, generally not income. Right. You made a good point. Did I do something to earn money? That's kind of your. That's kind of yeah. what should kind of click in your mind. Like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's yeah. income. Um, yeah. And then what do we say? Oh, and fixed assets. Yeah, the government sales. only wants the money you sweat for. You know. They just, they <laughs> right. Yeah. Whatever you say, Tyler. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we'll we'll kind of dovetail into this. I love people. Somebody said that. They're like, you say dovetail a lot. I'm like, I didn't even know I said that. But yeah. anyway, here it is. Sure. Um, so let's get on the outflow side. So if you put money into your business, it's not taxable. When you take money out, so let's talk about that. Not in the form of a salary. So like when you, if you would get a W-2 wage, you'd pay yourself a net payroll. That's deductible, right? If you, if you pay yourself a salary, the company deducts it and you pick it up as income, you as the owner. So it's a wash, but it still is deductible by the company. But if you just take money out, not in the form of payroll, but in the form of a distribution, dividend, owner's draw, I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking of all the terms people use, personal distribution, yeah. all those kind of terms synonymous, that's not deductible. I get why people put it on their p and I think in the first... One of the first episodes, you were like, it's a crime that it's not deductible. Was that what you said? You said something like, oh, it's a crime. Yeah. But anyway, it's not deductible. Okay. But when you put money in, it's not taxable. They go hand in hand. I see that. I've seen that a lot. Um, and people and people also kind of inadvertently do that by spending per- business money on personal things and coding it to an account that – it, it would go to if it were business. So I bought, uh, you know, I bought my son a computer. Well, that should go in office expense. Well, yeah, if your son works for the business or mm-hmm. you get my point. Yeah, that's not deductible. So that's one I see a lot is just people putting personal distributions on their P&L. Yeah. And that just is kind of uh, annoying, frankly, yeah. if you're trying to if you're living out of your business. Correct. Yeah. That, we can do a whole episode on right. segregating your business from, you know, not commingling and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. OK. All right. All right. Last one. Payroll tax deposits. Wait, maybe, I don't know if I yeah. understood the. Okay. So how were you? You're just saying don't categorize stuff. Yeah, I'm saying, well, if something's personal, it's personal. It's an yeah. owner's distribution. It shouldn't be an office expense. Gotcha. I'm yeah. so, okay, I see yeah, that. Makes yeah. sense. But but generally, I'm so, so... if you buy your kid a computer, don't put it as office expenses. Correct. Put it as owner's draw. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that that feels familiar. I pretty much like went through my transactions one time in zero. I was like, anytime there was an ATM, yeah. I was like, that's probably an owner's draw. Yeah, just... probably. <laughs> right, right. But if you do it on the front end, you yeah. wouldn't have to yeah. think about it later. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's a different podcast. <laughs> All right, so payroll taxes. So um, I would say this. It, if you put payroll – if you – Payroll taxes are normally deductible. What's not deductible is the part that relates to employees withholding. And so as I'm saying this, even if you did this, your, your P&L wouldn't be in the net in the wrong. It wouldn't be wrong in the net sense. But what would happen is you would be understating your salaries and overstating your payroll tax. The two of which, I know you're shaking your head. Yeah. I know, I know. Hold on a second. I'm going to get to a point. Okay. What I mean is when you understate your salaries, there are lots of things in the tax world tied to salaries. The QBI deduction being one, we talked about that in the episode right. on S-Corps. Yeah. But 
And so this may not make your P&L wrong in the net sense, but it makes other calculations that are derived from your salaries and wages incorrect. And so that's why I want to mention it too, in, because there are things like the QBI, there are things like retirement planning, mm-hmm. like they're all based on what were the amount of wages you paid. Yeah. Well, if you only put on your P&L the net salaries you pay to people as wages, mm-hmm. and then the payments you made to, for the taxes, which include the withholdings, the payroll tax is high and the salaries are low, the net, the, the two of them together are probably still right. But the point is the salaries are low and there are other things that are leveraged off of salary gotcha. deductions. So that's what that's trickle down economics. If you say so. <laughs> yeah, Just so meaning it. Yeah, that's yeah, it not could what that means. Other things. I was kidding. But, yeah, right. But right. the point you're making is that it, it if you're calculating like other things in the tax code like off reti- that number, correct. it'll like be wrong. Like a retirement wrong. plan contribution. Yeah. You, would, you would be selling yourself short because your salaries would be low. Your QBI. QBI can be tied to the amount of salaries you would pay. Well, I know, I know here we get your W-2s, a copy of them, and your W-3. We would adjust this. Okay. But again, if somebody's not looking, I mean, I'm saying all this from the perspective of these are not things we do here. But I, I've seen these in the past, and I've seen people where, like, they don't think that accounting is necessarily mm-hmm. like I'm a bookkeeper at the office or an admin can do it. They don't even realize these things, and then they don't have an engagement with somebody to catch these things. Right. There are all these simple things that can be caught fixed and remedied and then taught to the person that who is handling that task mm-hmm. if you're working with somebody yeah and and uh, typically those people who are not interested in those things also want the greatest tax scheme yeah you know it's like look man you don't even really reconcile your accounts yet so let's not talk about sure. offshore holding companies <laughs> like <laughs> right. i don't think you're there yet yeah 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 yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I think ultimately it goes back to the, I mean, the very foundational stage of recording right. and recording it right. And I know, you know, like when you have that ongoing relationship and the real-time collaboration, I mean, I've gotten real-time coaching of like, hey, man, I saw you you posted it like this way. Right. You should put it in this category yeah. because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah. easy enough to fix once yeah, you mean, know. Right. No, man, the the, the collaboration, the, which are, you know, you're talking about that first level of the total control accounting system where it's a mm. record phase. Like, if you just get that down, where you record, you know, where you're consistent, you're, you've got your books cleaned up, you're consistent, and you're collaborative, just that can save you tons of money mm. and get you in a way better spot. We don't want to leave you there. We want to get you to the next step, which is now you're reading reports and making decisions and informing your staff about KPIs to look at and giving the, the decision makers in your business the right metrics to look at. That's But we, if you just handle that first stage, mm-hmm. you can do so much. Right. Um, and we see that all the time. You know, like there's a client that I have right now that's really growing. Like their business is taking off. They have amazing real-time data. We already have a, I already have a task in my project management system to talk to them on December 15th about some salary planning. We, we keep, we brought this QBI deduction concept. I'm not going to get into that, but there's some ways to manipulate your salary. And what I mean is just pay yourself a bonus where you're like, man, that's going to cost me payroll tax. But it makes this other deduction, this QBI go up mm-hmm. way more than it, the, the tax it cost you. Yeah. But because their data is so good, I'm really confident to go on December 15th and say, pay yourself a $300,000 bonus. Mm-hmm. That $300,000 bonus cost you 10 grand of payroll tax. It saved you 100000 in income tax. The data is so good. We're going to get in there and make a, like a decision late in the year, fully informed. I've already gotten my project management. It's going to send me a reminder email 
and we're going to take care of it. But if you're not doing the, the foundation, you don't get to that part. Or, or whoever does that part with you, they're shooting from the hip because you don't have good data. Yeah. Yeah. All comes back to record. All roads lead back. <laughs> the, the foundation. All roads. That's yeah, true. For sure. Well, on that note, those were great five inflow, outflow, things to consider when you're, when you're, what do you call that? Rec- I keep saying reconciling your transactions. Is that the right term for it? When you're doing your bookkeeping. When you're doing your bookkeeping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, and just, we hadn't talked about this, but like, you know, just what we do here is we have two ways we work with clients. We've kind of developed these over the years. We have, we have what's called DIY assisted and we have full service. Mm-hmm. And if you go, if you come on board with us, we'll, we'll put you in one of those plans and give you a fixed rate quote. But the DIY assisted we found for a lot of people is like kind of that sweet spot. Like the full service where you're totally hands off, we'll do it. And we have lots of clients we do it for. But the people who are in their books, it's just something that happens when they're in it with yeah. somebody right there kind of coaching them. Yeah. Man, it's just like a really great relationship. I think that, and that's not to take away anything from you yeah. guys, but I think that only works because of cloud accounting. No, no question. You know? No question because we pop in and then can look at things, send you Loom videos on how to fix right. it. And it's easy to do. Oh my God. Like if I'm in zero, I mean, we've got, I forget how many clients in zero, mm-hmm. over a hundred. Literally, it's a couple clicks. Like it's a drop down. What client do you want to look at? Click. Like if you're in a QuickBooks desktop file, Anybody who's done this, moving in between QuickBooks desktop yeah. files, it takes time. Yeah, I want to do like the infomercial right now, like the black and white, and just like oh, oh the Mac, oh, the Mac and PC <laughs> stuff. That's fine. But anyway, where I was going with that was, if you if you want, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, okay, I've listened to these guys, I like what they're saying, like that's one of the paths we put you on. That DIY assisted is great because it's monthly or quarterly. You do you do what you do in your accounting. We assist you. We just come behind with a set engagement to look over things, check over your shoulder, give you tips and tricks. And a lot of times those tips and tricks are in the form of like really easy to watch videos. We leave them for you to watch whenever you want and we help you and you get better and better and better. And what happens is your data gets better and better and better. We start making better and better decisions because we're now in it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, check more out at mirror.group. You can find more resources, more episodes like this, and reach out to the Mirror Group and see if there's a plan that fits for you. And, you know, if nothing else, at least schedule some time with Marcus and ask all the accounting questions you want. That's right. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. See you next time.